Oh, hey, Trent. What is that? Yo, what's going on, man? Is that water? Not exactly. What are you doing? Uh, I'm just fucking around the studio. I was just finishing up uh, some mixing, but uh, what the fuck is Dude, that? Dude, can you give me a hand with this tank first real quick? We don't want to get shit all wet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all right, man. Yeah, give me a... Oh, damn. All right, put it down. What are you doing after this? Uh, nothing. You want to get a drink or something? You got the, you got the rest of the day? Yeah, I got I got time. You totally clear? Yeah, yeah. Bro, I got the goods today, man. We're going to really get after it. Oh, what do you got? You got some new movies? <laughs> no, man. Prefluorocarbon, bro. Is that is that what this is? This tank? This is liquid breathing, my man. You're going to breathe liquid. Well. Yeah, that's dude. crazy. So, how do I do it? What did you breathe in the womb? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess liquid, I guess. Inhale, exhale, bro. There's enough oxygen in this water. You can breathe this in, and you can live on it. We're going to do it today. It's a trip, man. You're going to go far, far out, man. All right, so I just put my head in uh, this bucket here and, and yeah. breathe this water. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to dunk your head right in there. I'm going I'm, I'm to put my hand on the back of your head, though. Make sure you stay down, because it's going to be real weird. Oh, uh, all right. I mean, fine. I mean, if it's... Uh... If it's cool, then yeah, that's that's fine. It's totally What's, cool. Uh, okay, so uh, do I, I don't I have to hold my breath then. Now, dude, you did, have, have you seen the abyss? Oh, actually, I have not seen the abyss. Dude, it's in the, it's all real. They do it in the abyss, and they do it for real. They've been doing this on animals for many many years, bro. So yeah. Oh, okay, all right, let's like, go. Pretend you're bobbing for an apple, but it, you're gonna just put your head right in there, and then I'm I'm gonna. Put you the rest of the way down, and I'm going to hold you down. Now, you're going to want to come back out because it's going to feel real weird. You're going to start tripping, man. All right, all right, let's go. Just stay cool, all right? Just stay cool. Right. I'm going to keep you down there. Don't worry about it. You might convulse a little bit. Your body's probably going to rack a little bit back and forth. I Just trust me, man. All right, so just I'll just, uh, I guess, exhale. Yeah. All right, exhale. Breathe out. You're doing good, man. No, you. That's how it works, man. It's working. It's, don't, don't stay down. Stay down. I got you. I got you. God. It worked. You, you got a little bit in there, man. Dude, that that does not work. It that does, does not it fucking does. work, take, bro. Takes, oh my god. It takes a minute it's to get used to. It's not working. You it's do thicker. it. No, no, we got to do you first. It's it's thicker than air, so it's going to feel real weird going into your lungs. It's but it's it's going to work. Trust me, there's enough oxygen in this to work. It just am I gonna, supposed to exhale or inhale when I go in the when, water? When you go in the water, just breathe. You're gonna have to let all the water into your lungs. Don't act like you're drowning. You're not drowning. You're breathing. You're living. All right. All right. All right. Give me a second here. Just don't fight me. All right. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. There you go. Let it in. Let it in. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. Yeah. You got it, man. You're doing it. That's how it works. Don't. I'm with you. I'm right here. Okay. Good, man. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. This week, deep sea horror. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we have checked out uh, two very different movies from very different times and very different filmmakers and methods. Um, but I think both films have more in common than just the ocean. We have a scrappy foreign indie from just last year. And we have uh, an older film, 1988, from a, uh, a filmmaker you may be familiar with, kind of an obscure uh, name, but it's uh, James Cameron. You guys know James <laughs> Cameron? Never, never, heard, never of heard of him. Yeah. Well, um, he got his start, um, incredibly enough. Um, his first feature film was Piranha 2, 
the spawning. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, oh. After that, he, of course, changed everything for uh, himself and for um, movies and for Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger with The Terminator. Uh, he then did a little movie called Aliens, you might know. And from there, people tend to jump right to Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, of course, the biggie, Titanic. Mm. Paint me uh, like one of your French girls, Jack. Avatar, stuff like that. But you, you might forget about the sleepy little blockbuster known as The Abyss. This is the story of a U.S. military submarine that sinks in the Caribbean Sea. And it's uh, against a Cold War backdrop, this being 1988. And the, um, the Russians and the U.S. military are sort of racing to uh, pillage. I don't, know why, I don't know why the Russians are racing toward it, but whatever. Uh, they got to get to this submarine. So the military decides, the U.S. military decides that they're going to uh, sort of commandeer this giant state-of-the-art crazy oil rig that has been engineered by um, this uh, woman named Lindsay, who is played by Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio and is uh, helmed by Bud, who is played by Ed Harris. They're going to use the facilities as a home base, and they're going to use the staff to get down there, and they got to get at this submarine. Of course, they find a lot more than they bargained for deep under the sea. I love this movie. I'm very excited. I can see. I understand that other people are not as excited, but I hadn't seen this in so long. It's been a very long time. And I was absolutely wowed by this movie. Mark it down. Big studio Hollywood blockbuster. I'm all about it. This is how you do it. This is how it's done. Maybe for this this kind of movie, maybe you need a big studio Hollywood director and not a guy who did a Blair Witch remake. And you get something like The Abyss. I'm very excited about this. Kevin, what did you think? It's fine. <laughs> wow i also hadn't seen this movie probably since i was a kid probably since it like came not when it came out in theaters i definitely didn't see it in the theaters but i probably saw it pretty soon on home video whenever it was released um look it's it's here's my problem with some james cameron films or, or just some big movies like this is this movie is plagued by you can tell that james cameron shot seven thousand hours of movie and then sat in an editing room and just kind of lost his way. Like, you know, there's no real evil unless you want to consider, you know, Coffee played by Michael Bine or Bane. He's like, he's in basically every Cameron film ever. Um, I, I liked some of the effects. I mean, this won the Academy Award that year for visual effects. Um, I am kind of a sucker for this super cliche relationship between Bud um, and Lindsay. And Dr. Lindsay, I don't know why. Typically, I'd be like, oh, this is some Hollywood bullshit. But I was, like, really rooting for those two. Um, no real scary parts uh, and just a little bit too long, in my opinion. Well, um, I had never seen it before, so I was happy to uh, go on this journey uh, with you guys. Uh, the Abyss is obviously a very visually impressive film, I think, especially for the era, the pre-Avatar Cameron, you know. Uh, I thought it was a fun watch. You know, I liked it. Uh, I It definitely it wasn't like, you know, gore scary, but, you know, the claustrophobia that I have was, you know, that that part was scary for most of the film. A lot of deep sea stuff, a lot of hyperventilating, which stresses me out a lot. So that got my my blood pumping. Um, seemed like there was more of like a like a man versus man thing than like a man versus monster like I was expecting I was expecting like a like some some tendrils like we saw in the other film that we watched this week um, when I heard the abyss I thought it would be big old monster but the shaky army seal guy you know he stressed me out enough like a like a monster probably would so that was that was cool you know we got a cool sub submarine um battle tiny submarine battle out, out of him so that was nice obviously I loved Lindsay she didn't take no shit from nobody and uh, everyone would have died right away if she hadn't been around so I think she deserves some praise for sure and I will be taking over the title of queen bitch of the universe um, from now on that one's mine but obviously 
I like the ending. It was very satisfying, which I appreciate. I don't always get that uh, in movies that I have to watch for the podcast. I think James Cameron was studying a lot of Georgia O'Keeffe paintings um, when he made the ending of this film because it's just vaginas everywhere. All of the <laughs> alien <laughs> spaceships, it's vagina, vagina, vagina. It's a vagina yes. alien. Yeah. So that's all yeah. I could see. Maybe that's why I liked the ending so much, but I liked it. Uh, pass. <laughs> so he- here's, one of the, here's one of the weird things. <laughs> no, 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 Kevin's like, great, uh, moving yeah, on. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, I didn't hold this up to a standard of, horror movies i think everyone's like oh it wasn't evil enough there wasn't any evil uh because i i gave it attitude about this on our, our thread which if anyone knows that this whole speak all evil thing uh, started off as a text message thread that became the podcast true yes, <laughs> yes it did uh so a lot of stuff happens on the thread still to this day that you guys don't see a little behind the curtain stuff but uh, I sometimes we were watching now on our Patreon. Yeah, sometimes we were watching the movies. We talk a lot of shit. Uh, like Cat, you know, has told us all to die before. Or, I forget what she said many times. Fuck you guys forever. I was like, um, but uh, for some reason, I, I I held. I didn't like this at all. I held it to the standard, not of a horror movie though. To, of James Cameron. James Cameron's shit is great. I think this is weak for him. I think the storyline was weak. I think it didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be. I thought you had a bunch of like cheesy like B like USA movie actors that were all right. Uh the only part I liked was uh there was like a uh close call death that was mm-hmm. a high point for me. Um, but other than <laughs> I that, I really, I hated the <laughs> the effects of like the, the water alien that mimicked their faces and they stuck their tongues out and all that stuff. Oh my God. Like I wanted to puke. I hated that. Um, not really my kind of movie, not a bad movie, typical like blockbuster underwater sci-fi, you know, joyride, whatever you want to call it. But much like you felt last week about Godzilla, like just because it's commercial and for the masses, I don't give it a free pass. Well, Kevin, before before you, I can see you want to get in here. I just a quick programming note, um, a little a little bit of what's going on here, and I and I was ready for this. So what happens is, you know, I, I've been making some noises the past couple of weeks. I've been unhappy with <laughs> with this and that and pick, you know, and I've had a lot of. Uh, critical things to say about some of the movies that we've watched. And so now here we are this week. Now it's kind of my turn in the barrel. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm, going to get it for this pick. So there you go, Kevin, go right ahead. I'm glad you established that dynamic because that is important to know about the dynamic of this conversation (laughs) we're having. Let's, let's put it this way, listeners, since about three days in, I've had the speak all evil text thread completely muted. So in order to find out what these guys are saying, I have to actively go open the thread. Sometimes there's nothing. Sometimes I've missed like 62 messages. But I'm really not like poking fun, Trent. This isn't like a political thing where like, now it's your turn, buddy. Um, no, no, I really, no I found, I found just like the continuity of this to be a little bit off. But here's what, here's what I did have a lot of fun with in this. Thank you, Trent and Kat, because this is my favorite thing to do. Reading about this movie and researching it, for me, was actually funner than watching it. You know, kind of reminded me of like Alien 3 or something where like you can sit and read about Alien 3 for like six hours and it's probably funner than <laughs> watching the actual movie itself. Uh, but, you know, I'll get into it uh, a little bit. There's so many cool and not cool things that happened during the making of this movie. And I did want to give one more props to, to Team Trent and Cat. This is the second movie in a row that you guys have picked that gives us some weird look at an old random Chris Elliott appearance. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Are they trolling us? Like, are they like getting together and be like, hey, what other old movie was Chris Elliott in? That's really fucking. I do, I do a Chris Elliott now. After this, I was very, I was surprised to see him again so soon, Mm -hmm. uh, or ever again on this show. Uh, So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna lay my. So the only reason he, you know, has a very small part, just like Manhunter, Um, but I'm gonna do his part. This is why Chris Elliott was there. And he's referring to he sees uh, Lindsay um, 
Mary Elizabeth Masbrantonio's character. Uh, she's with the uh, the SWAT team, and she she is the actually the designer of the oil rig, and she's um, not a popular uh, presence. Uh, so he sees her getting out with the uh, Navy SEALs, and he says, "Oh no, look who's with them, the queen bitch of the universe." That's good. <laughs> Thank you. That's a really good. So I don't care. I don't care what our picks Thank are you. next week. I'm picking scary movie too. <laughs> i i have a crush on uh mary elizabeth uh, master antonio mm-hmm. from scarface forever right. i do from uh the perfect storm she's a ba- oh, she's a badass in the Robin perfect Hood storm too. too that's what she was in and it's almost like the same thing where like her i think her and clooney like used to be a thing and now, like, you know, throughout the course of the movie, she's, like, radioing him and, like, you know, God damn it. I was surprised to see, I mean, James Cameron, obviously, Titanic, uh, tit Anik, uh, nice. he has boobs, you know, he he puts boobs in a family movie, and he did it once again, uh, electric boobs, kudos <laughs> to James Cameron. Yeah, never mind the Scarface. She she's, she's topless getting slapped in the face repeatedly. I think that's <laughs> really the... That's why I really liked it. And electrocuted. Yeah. Well, she 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 never worked with James Cameron again. She called this like the worst experience of her life, and multiple oh, times. So so that scene that you're talking about, which this is another thing that that kind of was eating away at my patience. Some of the sequences in this movie are incredibly long, and that being one of them, when they're trying to revive her, that is her actually oh, laying man. there, so topless. Long. But Cameron was making them shoot it that long, like five, six, seven, eight times. So she finally stood up, walked out, and said, I refuse to continue doing this scene. And then Cameron was making them do so many reshoots or different angles of scenes that she started refusing. So there's a ton of scenes where Ed Harris is yelling back at her, and he's just yelling at air. Yeah, I I read some of that stuff, and I would only caution this. There's a lot of stuff out there on the Internet, and at one point uh, you can find – you can find it said that Ed Harris refused to promote the movie. And it's not true. He promoted the movie. He has himself said that the idea of him having some big problem with this was, is, is not true. But it was an incredibly arduous shoot. I can't even believe how they made this movie. I think this is one of the craziest movie um, productions that I've ever heard about in my life. They filmed 40% of this movie underwater. And that was all in two gigantic 50-foot tanks in South Carolina. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. So, yeah, it's kind of like legendary, the uh, the hell that this movie That's is. why the budget's always, like, reported at, like, $45 million, and it made $90 million, which, for for the ton of movies that came out in, in 89 for Deep Sea Horror, this, by far and away, actually made the most money. But there's so many other places you read where they're like, yeah, Cameron's full of shit. Like, they think the budget was closer to $70 million, and this was in no way a moneymaker. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you, you read about some of that stuff, Trent. Like, I mean, he was, like, intentionally doing it, like, the hardest way possible. And they had very few stunt actors. So a lot of what you see on, like, a typical blockbuster nowadays, you're not going to see Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio doing all of these stunts. She was doing them. Like, the scene when Ed Harris yes. is dragging her back after their little uh their little sub fight out there with mm-hmm. um with coffee that's her like she's literally just out in the water and he's dragging her in that big ass suit so some of that stuff was impressive to watch i think for me like i said it's just the continuity and and a means to the, to the satisfying ending um i i didn't love the journey i was taking on to get there but i i, I agree with cats a very satisfying ending. family movie family time with trent gay family night yeah, sick. get some popcorn some jujubees. What was the rating on this one? That's a great question. I'm not sure what the rating was. Um, Probably G. Boobs. <laughs> I was so taken. The the minute this movie starts, you hear like the blip of the submarine. And then it's like, boom, the title card. And then, boom, the whole scene of the uh, original sub sinking. And I, I, I hate submarine movies, first off. One of my least favorite genres. This isn't a submarine movie. It's in that there's a submarine in it, like, just for the opening but to me, right away, I knew I was in the hands of a master, and I was going to see something at least that um, was was crafted with so much care uh, that I, I was going to be taken on a ride. I just I thought you could tell right away. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised about my time in the barrel, but I am surprised that people didn't have a, a little bit more fun with this. I thought the way that this movie piles on the tensions 
and it piles on the conflict and it piles on the problems like just with pure storytelling it doesn't just throw a monster in your face right away it doesn't just throw some alien in there it really really takes its time but there's so much going on that by the time you get to the what i would call cosmic horror elements um you, you're already on this like this crazy ride and I, I just thought it was so well done i was like call me hollywood uh, <laughs> nice try this was rated pg-13 by the way i thought ed harris nice was try. tremendous in this i thought there were some great performances mm. i mean there's a cast of 50 people in this thing there's a lot of characters there's so many things going on um, sure, yeah, not everybody in this is Daniel Day-Lewis, but I thought that he was incredible, and I thought that um, Master Antonio was really, really good. Um, I think the scripts, like, to me, the dialogue, where, you know, we've talked about movies recently that have, like, the, the just the dumbest, cheesiest, tossed-off bullshit dialogue. I thought that this did that really well. Like, I, I bought the conversations and the back and forth and stuff like that. I thought it was very well scripted. That was one thing that uh, stood out to me. Yeah, we, we we know you did. I like the names of the characters. Is there anything else you'd like to defend uh, for your 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 case here? <laughs> I, I'm just doing. I'm doing my show. I'm doing my show. I don't. You know. I don't. What well, you want me to do? Toss out my whole. Uh, toss seems, out my whole. It seems show. to me <laughs> like you've written some sort of uh, debate paper for school about why this movie. The prosecution good. rests. Its like, case. Oh, the, the, the objective is to say that the movie is good and why it's good. You have to find some value in it. And that's the assignment, and you—that's the assignment you did, and you did great, great job. I am sorry. You, so, you, know you sincerely I, you know sound like someone who liked about, this movie. You know what I think is what I, I'm personally the most sorry about is how jaded you are—that <laughs> you don't think that I, I can be sincere and have fun and see. I thought it was magic when they were going down that two-mile descent. I thought it was magical. I just thought it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wish my friends weren't so petty, but yeah, that sometimes <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I thought you'd be really happy uh, with, you know, you have these like claustrophobic movies, and everybody always has to have a cool nickname. And I know you're always looking for the cowboy. Dude. Th this one, <laughs> this one checks those boxes for you. you got catfish, hippie, mm. jammer, sunny. Who's in Chud, by the way? He's Jay. Um, <laughs> There's somebody called One Night. Yeah, and One oh, Night, yeah, that's the greatest like... name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if, if I didn't wasn't watching this with subtitles, and I think this is one where they'll like put the person that's talking, you know, so it's like One Night, you know, oh, it's Lindsay. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I would have been so confused. They all sound like Gen Z rappers. <laughs> yeah, exa yeah, exactly. That's, that's, the, that's the character cast of this one. <laughs> I was also very um, happy that uh, once I saw that rat in the beginning, I was like, oh, no, we're going to watch a terrible death of this cute little rat. But the rat survived the whole movie somehow. That was real. Underwater. I'll tell you how. Do you know how? Tell me That how. was real. There is a real thing where you can breathe water. And this has only been tested on one person in history, but it's been done with a number of animals. And that was a real scene where there's some sort of crazy thing where – and that's part of the story of the movie is that you can um, you can filter water somehow or whatever you do, you can breathe water. And so there's a scene in the movie where nobody believes that this is possible, obviously. So the, the military guy takes uh, one of the crew people's pet rat and he, hippies. he puts it. Uh, yeah, that's hippies. Yeah. And he puts it in the in the water. And I was wondering, like, did they just slowly kill this rat for two minutes in this movie? Like, I felt so bad that I might be watching that. Nope, that was the real solution, the real stuff they used to breathe water, and the rat actually did that scene and then was fine. Now, that's impressive. That's your ace right there. Yeah, that's impressive. I guess I should have like been a little worried when, like, by that point, I the most tense and emotionally attached I was to anything was a rat. No, oh, no. <laughs> I was attached to Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. This was based on uh, a short story by H.G. Wells called Into the Abyss about a... Uh, uh, cosmic horror uh, alien sea monster and that's uh, what inspired James Cameron to actually write this when he was uh, 17 years old he started writing this oh my sounds like it right now you can only watch this free on prime I, I think there's like a direct tv way or something but um, it's free on prime you can't rent it on any of the rental platforms it's it's prime only and I am very excited to see someday I'm going to see the deluxe edition there's another edition of this um, where it's even longer than the already two-hour two and 20-minute two 
uh, or whatever this is. There's a deluxe edition that supposedly, um, by some uh, standards, I guess, makes the um, the climax and the ending make more sense. It's kind of different. There's more stuff in it. It's more Cold War stuff, and there's a little bit more going on uh, toward the end. And I would actually really be excited to see that. I'd love to see this even longer. I would watch that with you because I'm interested. There is a lot of effects in this movie. And like I said, it won the Academy Award, but you know, I guess by 1989 standards, that was pretty cool. I, I wasn't as impressed with them when I watched it, and I was excited knowing, like, wow, so this was a, an Academy one. But what happened is, I mean, he had Industrial Light and Magic working on stuff. That's George Lucas's group that started you know, with Star Wars, and he had several other FX teams. And I guess in the version that you're talking about, they went back and they actually did more effects and or changed and enhanced some effects because by the time they had the special edition cut, their technology had gotten better. So I'd be interested to see what they do with that. And there's, you know, a rumored tidal wave scene uh, that sounds very intriguing. But yeah, and maybe that's the point that I'm making is maybe when you're chopping up a movie this much, maybe for some people it just loses continuity. Yeah, I'm not I mean I'm not going to sit here and and lie to you and say that I knew what was going on a lot of the time, but I still enjoyed the film. That's true. There is definitely a lot of stuff because of like the technical nature of all the things that are happening. There's definitely times when like what I'm are like, they doing? I don't know. What happened? What, what's uh, going I, down the hole now? Like it doesn't <laughs> matter. You get the story. But uh, I didn't love I didn't love obviously the some of the special effects, but uh, they they obviously are dated, but I thought for the most part the look. I thought it just it, it looks spellbinding to me. I thought this is an amazing looking movie. Filming this fifty feet underwater, really for six months it worked. Like they they really did it. There were no stunt divers. Uh, this was a crazy movie. And and um, to Kevin's point, this is a really fun one to read up on. Uh, there's a lot out there about this. And my favorite quote from uh, Cameron that I read was. Uh, in response to actors complaining that they went to this um, this closed, claustrophobic movie set for six months and only acted for three or four weeks, he said, every hour that they spent thinking about what magazine to read, we were 50 feet underwater. <laughs> yeah, he, d he did flex because Ooh. the actors were really only made to go 33 feet down and they would only work for an hour at a yes. time. Cameron and his team would go 50 for five hours. They'd have to hang upside down for two hours halfway up the tank and decompress. Yeah, it's wild, wild stuff. So he was flexing a little hard there. You know, Trent, I think maybe the most insincere word in all movie criticism is spellbinding. <laughs> I mean it. I mean I, it. I, I, he says it's. I was spellbound by this movie. It was. It was spine tingling thriller. Oh, dude, making me sick, I, bro. I was. I was. I'm serious, Cat. You know what? When I talked to Cat for a minute tonight before the show, Cat, what, what what did I tell you? Um, you said. Uh, hold on. Let me read my text message. You can let's look it up right I mean, now. I'd like to. Well, why don't you look it up, record. Trent? You probably wrote it down because it was rehearsed. So why don't you? You got it right there. <laughs> You, <laughs> sorry. Um, he said, uh, "I just hadn't seen The Abyss in ages, and I am fucking dazzled." <laughs> dazzled. That's dazzled. another. That's Get another. Here, He's Hogwarts. really putting on the Ritz this week. I, I, Thank you very much. I'm not buying it, but I, you know, I've stood by some real suckers in in my time here. But we all have our own tastes as well. Yes, we do. But I mean, different strokes, different pokes. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yada yada yada. I want to make this right now. This is my God. I'm going, baby, I'm going. And crying won't make me stay. Cause the more you cry, now, now, baby, for you drive me away, for you drive me away. I mean, drive me away, for you drive me away. Now I wish I was a bullfrog Swimming in the deep blue sea Lord, I would have all these good women Now, 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 fishing after me Fishing after, I mean after Showing sure up after me This week's other pick for our Under the Sea adventure was 2019's Sea Fever directed by 
Nisa Hardiman, a Irish lass, who I think did a fantastic job, but more on that in a little bit. Solitary marine biology student Siobhan endures a week aboard a ragged fishing boat in Ireland, miserably at odds with the close-knit crew. But out in the deep Atlantic, an unfathomable life form soon ensnares the boat. As members of the crew start succumbing to a strange infection, Siobhan must overcome her alienation and win their trust before everyone is lost. Wow. I liked Sea Fever a lot. Uh, it was very eerie. It had very eerie vibes, which really pulled me in right away. And I just loved the cinematography. The whole being stuck at sea thing is obviously scary, but then you add some spooky sea monster who infects people with exploding eyeball disease. Terrifying. I loved the main character, Siobhan, obviously. She really stole the scene every time she was on the screen. I loved her. I don't do other people was very relatable, that kind of attitude. I was like, I understand, and I appreciate you. Uh, I thought the story of the internal and external struggle that the boat owners were going through was really powerful as well. It added another level of stress and empathy to the movie, along with a lot of me yelling no at the screen. Um, I really... Um, it gave the characters like the struggle of do I stay and keep fishing and save my fishing boat or do we, you know, go in and save everyone's lives. So it was like that weird, like a lot of terrible decisions were made out of the sad, like desperation of not wanting to lose, you know, your family's fishing boat. Uh, I thought the ending was really beautiful, uh, both visually and contextually. I definitely cried, but just like a little bit, not an embarrassing amount. Uh, but yeah, it was. I it wasn't like you know super gore fest, super like sea monster. But I think I thought everyone would like it too, along with me. I okay. liked Sea Fever. Um, I generally don't love. Well, no, I'm not gonna say don't love. I'm not scared by anything else in the ocean, besides for sharks. So the sharks like trump everything as far as like what I'm afraid of in the ocean. So the scariest movies are the realistic shark movies like we talked about um, a bunch of episodes ago. But um, I, I like this movie. I liked like the you know, it reminded me of the thing because of the that conflict you guys are talking about. Um, I found that to be very compelling and, and very current. You know, with everything that's going on, with the, like having to quarantine and not spreading this around and and containing it at the at the get go, you know, that's a, a thing that a lot of people um, have been doing. So, the monster or whatever you want to call it, the tentacle guy glowing and everything, <laughs> he was a teeny bit cheesy, but uh, I, I let him slide because there's some good drama in this movie and exploding eye parasites. But then again, stuff occurs in uh, the ocean that looks fake. So I kind of give it a pass mm -hmm. because of that. Sure. Because there is naturally occurring stuff. It just looks like it's uh, CGI. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Sea Fever. I thought that this was a, a nice flip side to The Abyss. And I, I had seen this previously. Kevin and I talked about this a little bit on, uh, on the Patreon channel. Um, this is uh, really, really good, as you said, Dave, like The Thing, Alien also. This movie is, to me, especially for a first-time uh, feature film, this um, Hardiman, she has done mostly TV. This is her first uh, directorial debut uh, on a feature. And I thought that she was so in command of all of those traditions, that whole isolated... Uh, paranoid, you know, you you could be in space, but you're at sea, right? Same thing. Or you could be in mm -hmm. Antarctica. You're on this fishing trawler, and you're under threat. And there are it's it's an ensemble cast again, and the paranoia, and um, there's people hiding things and things that get revealed, and there's a whole conflict about uh, the individual versus the 
um, the greater good. Um, but I just thought it was a damn good horror movie. This is definitely much more of a, this is a real horror movie. Um, and I thought, I was very impressed with this. Compared I liked to it. what? A real horror movie compared to what? What were you referring to? <laughs> compared to The Abyss, Dave. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. I, I didn't say it. I just asked a question. Man. I, thought this, I thought this was great, and I liked it even more the second time. Yeah, same here. Huge fan of this movie. Uh, I, it's the cast of this movie. You know, the guy that, that is running the boat and, and his wife, they, it's their boat. Connie Nelson playing Freya. I love her. She is, I have had a celebrity crush on Connie Nelson ever since I saw The Devil's Advocate. She's had a very legit career. But, you know, when she showed up in the horror TV series, The Following, I was so pumped. Um, But, yeah, this role was actually set up for Toni Collette, so I'm nothing against Toni Collette. She's a legendary actress and, you know, hereditary. Uh, But I'm so glad that we got to see Connie uh, Nielsen as Freya. And then Doug Ray Scott playing, you know, her husband, Jared, which I love the fact that his name is spelled G-E-R-A-R-D, but he pronounces it Jared. I have a peer um, who has that exact problem, and the amount of times I hear people call him Gerard, it's just like it's become a pet peeve of mine, and I can't imagine growing up like that. Um, But, you know, Choban, played by Hermione Corfield, she's up and coming. You know, she was in Rogue Nation. She was in Star Wars The Last Jedi. So I think we're going to see a lot more of her, particularly based on this performance. Uh, and the rest of the cast was great, too. There's there's a whole bunch more that we can talk about. But uh, my favorite character was Omid. And this is an unknown actor. He's got three credits to his entire name. I thought that that was great. I think the most important part of this movie, other than the scares, was the the believable relationships that were developing, whether they be positive or negative and also how many times those relationships changed course. So you had some characters sort of start off as nurturing of maybe Choban, and then they flip, and it kind of goes back and forth. I thought that was the most important part of this, is any horror movie has to make you care about the characters. How many times do we talk about, you know, maybe a fun slasher where we can't wait for people to die? We're not really scared, we're just having a good time. Uh, This one, I was legitimate. The first person that dies, it broke my heart. It was totally not a character that I saw coming dying. So really impressive, like you said, Trent, for somebody to have it be their first feature film to write and direct um, and have it look this beautiful, but to pull this cast together and get the performances that she got and, and develop a believable script where, okay, here's how your relationship's going to go on. Uh, super, super impressive. And there's some legitimately gross fucking parts that I absolutely loved. For me, the pace of this movie is why it one over the abyss it's because it was paced really well like and acted really well and the suspense like you know kept you in it didn't kind of drag you a couple different ways it was fully on one thing the whole time um but that thing you didn't know what it was so it led your imagination to think of all these things as it was developing but it was great the accents can be a little tough in this at first because this is an irish film and so Mm -hmm. they're pretty thick and the names are a little bit strange. And the combination, I thought, at first of the accents and all the technical jargon about the boat and stuff that's going on, uh, I, I was like a little thrown off at first. I couldn't tell. But this is one um, where I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Just if, if you don't understand every word or every single thing that's going on initially, it, it, that really doesn't matter. Just mm-hmm. just go with it. And, yeah, subtitles I would recommend for this one, sure. Well, it's funny. I think I think they did that on purpose, Trent. Because uh, you, you notice, you know, the movie starts with Shoban kind of in, in school. She's clearly a scientist and she's studying. And all of her classmates are having a party. And, and her professor's like, you know, go hang out and have some cake. And you know, she, that's when she drops the, like, I don't do people or something like that. Um, I think they did that on purpose because she's coming off as, like, very isolated, very smart. And definitely knows she's smart. And I think that was part of kind of letting you get into her head and making her feel uncomfortable because all of a sudden they're throwing around all these technical things about the boat and you can tell she has no clue what they're talking about. And I don't think that's a situation she finds herself in often. For sure. And like, and the thing was, is the, the, you know, monster that we encounter in this film isn't even that scary, really. It's just very, it's interesting. I'd say you know, looking at the monster, you're not like 
terrified you know it's no the thing kind of monster uh but what it does to people is like the scary part because itself it's beautiful like even you know Shavad's like enamored by it basically we've talked about eyeballs being one of the most important body parts in these types of movies and this movie you have exploding eyeballs that's like a, a big part of the thing because mm-hmm. this um this creature uh gets in you and, and anyway it comes out right through the eyeballs and that was like real true horror stuff yeah it's their chestburster scene yes <laughs> right yes uh, there, there was so there's there's two moments that gave me pause one was when the the monster sort of first gets the boat so it attaches all the tentacles and the boat can't go anywhere and and jared as the captain of the ship looks at this young college girl and goes, well, you got to do a dive. So they make her go do the dive (laughs) uh, to see what has completely stopped their boat. Uh, And then the second is when they see another boat and Johnny, Shaban, and Jared go out there and they find something pretty gross down in the hatch where we start to kind of start to get an idea of what this creature could do to you. Uh, And they're like, what could have done that? And I think it was Johnny or something that was like, could have been the birds. And I was like, dude, you just opened a hatch <laughs> to yeah. get down there. <laughs> and no birds flew out. Like it was just sea fever. We should explain that sea fever is is the seafaring version of cabin fever. Sea fever is something that you can get if you're like out there too long, you're too isolated, you can't take it anymore, and you start acting crazy and weird. Almost like the um you know the The Abyss. Yes, right. The compression the syndrome the or whatever in the abyss. Um, and I loved that scene with the other boat is so good. That is their Norwegian camp from the thing. Yeah. Good Instead call. Of that you have this other boat. Yeah, I like the sea fever uh, vibe, which was in both movies. But I don't think any there's yet to be like a super classic in this genre with like the the demented sea fever. I really like the movie Triangle. I don't know if anyone saw Triangle. Yeah, I like that. But it kind of had this, a similar yeah. thing. Um, and it was about how you're like losing your mind. And I was kind of hoping either one of these movies did a thing like that where you, you question more if you're losing your mind deep at sea or if this stuff's really happening. I thought both movies could have played with that a little bit more. Yeah. Like psychedelically or like psychologically, like suspense was. Yeah, I'd say Michael Bynes' character definitely had sea fever in the abyss. Uh, well, that's not. He had he had like a compression. That was a uh, oh, compression he was reaction. Yeah, that wasn't. This is like cabin fever. That was actually like a physiological mm. thing. Oh, okay. I thought it was like sea fever. No, not totally different thing. Uh, they were total dicks. I I'd never heard about the redhead as a bad luck at sea. So she gets on the boat with like her hair all up in like this winter cap, and she takes it off, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Ugh. And they're all like, "Oh, you brought us bad luck, Johnny." Uh, so I I wanted to know if that was legit. It apparently it is. Like sailors used to say before you deport depart deported, if you encountered a redhead, you had to speak to her before she spoke to you. Or else it was bad luck for your upcoming trip to sea. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're talking. I bet fishermen probably have some of the deepest. Um, what's the word I'm looking Seas. for? What's that? <laughs> uh, superstitions uh, of like any group. They, you know, I'm sure if you look it up. And apparently, this one is of Viking origins, and we we know how much of a bunch of dicks but- they were. The only thing about the redhead thing is, uh, how do you like? How does that work in Ireland? Can't can't have a boat. Can't have any redheads on the boat. That doesn't really. That doesn't make much Scotland. sense. <laughs> They're like, sorry, babe, you can't come on the boat with me. It's uh, you're you're. No, the guys can't go either. No one can go. Nobody can go on the is boat. It, it's, it's all redheads. It's I thought it's I figured Scotland. it was just a woman thing because Ireland is a lot vaginas of are bad luck. Well, that's a very <laughs> good point. And the vaginas were bad luck in the abyss as well. I don't know. I think vaginas were the the beacon of hope in the abyss. Well, either way. But anyway. Re- yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> all like returning, returning to the vagina is like the uh, essence oh. of all these movies. Oh wait, let's sorry, let's go back to the abyss for a second. That may so it's the whole like oh people used to breathe in the womb. You know they're used to breathing in water oh, and water. then they're thrusted at vaginas for salvation. 
Boom. There you, there you boom, go. Boom, boom. Boom. Wow. Turn to the egg, my His friend. Mother. I want to hear uh, you do an entire Patreon and go for 30 minutes on this just yourself. That's a good idea. That's your I've homework. I've been talking about vaginas for a, for a real long time. Um, oh, uh, but what's that? As, as related to horror movies, preferably. Oh, okay. Well, I can also do that. But uh, yeah, it was like <laughs> I felt so bad for her because she just went through this whole thing. She's like, I don't have friends, obviously. Like they just set that whole thing up. Then she goes onto the boat. She's already feeling uncomfortable. And then she just takes her hat off. And then everyone freaks out. She's red. And she's like, well, the boat's already, I'm already here. So now I have to deal with all these assholes and then there's this the dinner scene where she like awkwardly walks into the galley and they're all like yeah sit down she's like nope she just like bolts out (laughs) she she runs away (laughs) oh literally and i'm like i've definitely been there before i've definitely fleed that's like a a good irish goodbye for sure Um, (laughs) i I respected her character and her social navigation i absolutely but then it was like And then she, you know, finally has, like, some connection with someone, and you're like, fuck yeah, this is going to be, like, the arc of the story. Nope. They fucking nipped that right in the bud. So that was, that was a major bummer, oh. for sure. I know. That was a bummer. I, that whole scene where she takes off her hat and the red hair is revealed is so great because, to me, watching it, I was just like, when she takes off her hat, it's like, oh, damn, this is a real looker, you know? Redhead of the week. Uh, and you don't realize that that's going to cause a whole stir across the whole boat. Everybody's going to be very unhappy about this. I kind of wanted—I wanted to ask you guys, how do you pronounce that actress's first name? Her last name is uh, Corfield. Hermione. Hermione. Okay, that's the Harry Potter name. Yes. Fuck yeah. I've never known this whole time. Every time I see something about Harry Potter and Hermione, yeah, I see that character. I'm like. Hermione? What what the hell is that name? <laughs> I, I read the first like three Harry Potter books before I looked it up, and in my head I read it as Hermione the whole That's, time. Kevin, yeah, same right. boat. Absolutely. <laughs> like when I when I read all those books, I was just like, Hermoine? Her, Hermione. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they got in it. My, yeah, they got it. Right, so I think I think I watched like the first movie where right? I'm like, ah, Hermione. And I was like, wow, I fucked that one up. Good good thing I don't have to <laughs> podcast it. Yeah, and Kat, when the romantic thing kicks in, finally, by that point, I, I felt like I was on this boat. Like, I, I got sea fever. I'm out stuck out here. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you're looking at anything at that point, looking at a mop. Uh, and I was like, finally, some action uh, on this thing, you know. Uh, she's going to uh, to get something going on here. We're going to see some sort yeah. of, like, human touch. You know, somebody's going to do something. And then, no, not so fast. Nope. Some some balls were exploding, but uh, not not the good ones. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. I thought this was a good good grown up movie. It wasn't like you know like a lullaby for like a nerdy baby. It was like a like a real like underwater horror movie. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to uh, the Harry Potter episode coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, shout out to Ciara, who was the older woman on the boat, which I could never figure out. Was she related to Johnny? Is that, was that part of the whole thing? She, I think she was his grandma and she was also the, like, uh, the captain's mother, like the woman's mother. And I think the captain was Johnny's aunt. Okay. That's what I gathered. Uh, so she was played by Olwyn Foyer. And and when I looked her up, I discovered that she's in, which I hadn't even heard about this until the other day, there's a 2021 Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel coming out, and she's going to be in it. And once again, what they're doing is they're ignoring the entire franchise except for Toby Hooper's original. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> heard that oh, before. Oh, well, well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Really? I know, I know. well we we mentioned that the uh, parallels to the current global pandemic and a lot of people have mentioned that when it comes to this movie of course this was made before the uh, the pandemic but like so much of this movie 
they're debating quarantine and whether, you know, they, um, she even says, I'm sorry, Shabon, Shabon even says that one of her lines is, we have to take responsibility. Um, so they're, they're doing a whole last half of the movie. I mean, you have to compare it to what's going on now in real life. It's, it's an accident, of course, obviously, but it really is so close to what we're all debating. Um, what is your responsibility? What's the responsibility to yourself and your own individual freedom? And, and uh, what's your responsibility to everyone else? And what's our group responsibility to each other? And that ends up coming to blows. Uh, kind of a shocking uh, punch-out scene. Uh, goes on. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a microcosm of everything that's happening right now in real life. I love that scene. I I didn't the first somehow for some reason the first time I watched it, I had read like the whole like oh pandemic it's like perfect timing. I didn't pick up on it, but like listening to you guys talk, I'm like man, what was I focused on? Because like you guys picked up on all of this pandemic stuff the whole time. I was just like, nah, I don't really see it. <laughs> I mean, they said quarantine a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know. Hey, I'm admitting it. I'm admitting it. We have to quarantine. No, we don't. Now we're going to fight. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's why I liked that char- her character so much, too, is that she was the one that was coming in and making the hard decisions. She was the one that was like, you know, even though she didn't really get along with these people and she felt very uncomfortable, like, being assertive with them, at some point she's like, nope, this is what we have to do because I... I we, none of us could be trusted, you know. So she was the one making the the difficult decisions, even though she uh, was out of her element. Yeah, she went Fauci on him. That's a great point. It's a classic case of we talked about this in Haunt. This is a classic case of the character uh, coming into their own. She is, you know, initially she's running away just from having dinner, so she can like lay in a bunk and eat Cheez Its and look at her uh, computer. She can't even talk to people and at the end she is the one taking the responsibility she's the one making the decisions and she's taking action against everyone else and making them uh, forcing them into these hard choices so that's classic stuff right there that is and this is free on hulu right now uh it's cheap on prime and you can rent this um, on most of the major platforms so you can see sea fever anywhere and i personally i would highly recommend this one i think this is a great uh, hour and a half agreed Thank <laughs> you.